Welcome to this week's episode, just one this week, of Come Follow Me, A Disciple's Journey. This week's study is section 102 through 105. Um, for those of you who've been listening, you know, we just had a baby, some life changes, so I'm going to do what I can to share some things, but uh, my time, my personal time has been uh, diminished recently uh, as we just try to get into the rhythm of our, our new life, right? And on top of that, uh, the semester, school semester has just started, and I am teaching uh, at Ensign College, so just another added thing in my time, but I'm going to do my best to share uh, when I can, and so I wanted to share a brief, a few brief thoughts uh, on this week's Come Follow Me. Um, excuse me. The first thing I want to point out um, is section 104, I believe. Uh, was given on April 23rd, 1834. And the reason I wanted to point that out first is that was my brother's birthday, not 1834, obviously, but April 23rd. So there you go, Brian. April 23rd. Section 104 is your, your jam. Um, just kidding. That's not really like the first thing I wanted to point out. It is the first thing I pointed out, but um, we are in the beginning of 1834 here. And recall that the summer of 1833 is when things started to really get uh, ex- extra difficult, I guess, for the saints in Missouri. It was in July, August that that happened, and they were—they've now been kicked out, and they were supposed to be given until the beginning of the year. Were never given that long, even. So in the in the winter and at this time, they've some of them have they've kind of gone different ways, but some of them are just living across the river uh, from Jackson County in tents, and in the winter. So that's what's kind of going on in terms of the history of the church at this time. Uh, section 102 is it's the Constitution of the High Council, and it's very administrative in nature and how things should be handled, um, how cases for excommunication should be handled, appealing uh, decisions made by councils of the church, what constitutes a, a council, um, and so on. Um all of this section was given at this time, uh, except verses 30 through 32 were actually given in 1835 to Joseph Smith. And the reason that this is interesting and important is that at this time, 1834, February, there's not a quorum of the Twelve. Uh, so, but then when Joseph adds verses 31, 32, 30, 31, 32 through Revelation, uh, there is. And so there's a a distinction made uh, in those verses. And so if you're reading and you're thinking in section 102 and you're thinking, well, what what is this? Like, what's going on here? Don't be alarmed. It is very administrative and very like, all right, this is how you're going to tell. This is how you're going to split the council and who's going to speak for the, the, the person being accused and um, making sure that everything is being fairly uh, conveyed and, and all that. There's just a lot of, of things that you maybe you never have heard before. Uh, maybe, and, and really not a whole lot of doctrine here. And you've heard me in the past talk about, you know, when you're reading in your heart, 
hard copy of your scriptures when the footnotes are really high. Well, section 102 is uh, the opposite. They're, they're, they're pretty thin. And that kind of gives you some idea of the types of cross-references and topical guide things um, that are in here, and there's not many. All right, so section 103 um, is kind of the beginnings uh, at this time of when uh, Zion's camp. So they're going to put together a group to go and redeem, quote-unquote, uh, Zion and go reclaim the land is what they think they're going to do. And... In section 103, verse 15, uh, the Lord tells them that the redemption of Zion would come by power. Okay, And so that uh, 200 men and 25 women and children enlist in uh, Zion's camp. They called it the camp of Israel, and they go set out to get reclaim their lands in Missouri. They thought they were going to get this land right now. They but they never experienced this return to Jackson County. Uh, they never really re- experienced the, quote, redemption by power. However, their experience of, of Zion's camp did allow them to f- uh, a sense of redemption. Um, and the faithful members of that camp, the faithful members who... Uh, we're not so focused on the temporal re- reclamation of the land, became church leaders. Um, they didn't, and as Come Follow Me says, rather than questioning the value of the seemingly unsuccessful task, they learned that the real task is to follow the Savior, and even when we don't understand everything. This is how Zion ultimately will be redeemed. And so they were faithful, and they went, um, and it, in section 105, they are in this camp, and they receive uh, this revelation while they're on the banks of a river. River, And mob violence has increased even more now. And one, section 105 is actually all the way into June of 1834, so it's four months later. Now, the Lord doesn't explicitly tell them, you're not getting it back right now. Stop. But what he does do is, at the beginning of this section 105, by the way, you're thinking he skipped 104. I'll go back to it and touch on it in just a minute. Um, and again, the purpose of this episode and this week is I'm just trying to give you a high level of what's going on and a few brief thoughts. So the Lord does chastise them at the beginning of section 105 to say, hey, why are we in this situation? He's done this in the past. He's done this in other sections. But he's saying, why are you in this situation? Because he says, I say unto you, were it not for the transgressions of my people, speaking concerning the church and not individuals, they might have been redeemed even now. But behold, they have not learned to be obedient to the things which I require at their hands and are not united according to the union required by the law of the celestial kingdom. We've studied this year and we've talked about the law by which we we abide is the kingdom that we will attain. If you want to attain the celestial kingdom, you must abide the celestial law. And here we learn that critical to the celestial law is unity. And what is Zion? Zion is a people of one heart and one mind. Mosiah chapter 18, we learn about those people, that they were a Zion people. They had their hearts knit together in unity and love, unified together, one people. 
no matter what their backgrounds, no matter their political affiliations or persuasions or thoughts or opinions on this or that. They put aside their own cultures, quote-unquote, whatever those may be, for the culture of Christ. That's what they were called to do, and that's what they failed to do, and that's why they were in the situation they were in. And it's what we are called to do now, to build Zion and gather Israel into one, gather into one, right? And in in the gathering of Israel into one, we build Zion by being unified, by loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. And my people must needs be chastened until they learn obedience. Here's this chastening again we've talked about. And the chastening, this refiner's fire will either ruin us or it will refine us. And humility and repentance is the deciding factor there. Another thing I love in section 105 is he talks about the endowment. He talks about endowing uh his people from on high in verse 11 and in verse 33, uh, and he's t- telling them about the importance of the temple to be built. Now they were endowed from, with, from power from on high in the Kirtland temple. Um, and you know, in the, in coming verses uh, and sections, we'll read more about those, that type of endowment, but it's not the endowment here that we have now where they started to do ordinances and covenant making for the people was not until the Nauvoo temple. But these things needed to happen. The Lord says that they needed to be endowed with power so that he could fight our battles. Verse 14. Verse 26, I love, he calls them his friends. And that sticks out to me because in John chapter 14, he calls his apostles, his friends there. And it's his friends whom he suffered and died for. And so it should be our goal to become his friend, because that's for whom he died. Uh, in closing here, just quick recap for you of verse or section 104. Um, basically what they're doing is uh, the United Order was going to be separated for, from Kirtland uh, and temporarily dissolved and to be reorganized and how it was supposed to be set up. Um, and a couple of important notes from section 104 uh, come from verse uh, 4 and 6. And to summarize it, the Lord says, for I, the Lord am, uh, for I, the Lord, am not to be mocked in these things. We can't. You can't lie to God. And that's what people were trying to do, is they're in, in being dishonest in the way that they were living the law of consecration and participating in the United Order. And now we don't have the United Order now, but we have tithing. We have our callings. We have the way that we live the gospel. And we might be able to fool others with our outward appearance, but we can't fool God. and He will not be mocked. And now I give unto you, you power from this very hour that if any man among you or of the order is found a transgressor and repenteth not of the evil that you shall deliver him over unto the buffetings of Satan. He shall not have power to bring evil upon you. If we repent, we're protected from that. If we don't, we're we're open to the buffetings of Satan. We're either refined or we're ruined, and it's that if we repent or not. 
Um, Lord is talking again about the United Order here, but in verse 16, he specifically says something that I think applies to lots of things, not just the United Order. He says, but it must needs be done in mine own way. It's not our way or our bishop's way or your, whatever. What we should be seeking is his way. And I've talked about unity. How do we become unified? It's by putting off our own ways and finding his way. When we all get on that path, when we all get on that way, when we're all seeking for that uh, level, that plane, that's how we become unified. And here's the beautiful thing. We don't have to do it on our own. We're given an almost incomprehensible gift of the Holy Ghost, Elder Christofferson, that's the way he put it, to help us keep our covenants, to help us become better. How do we get to this higher plane? Isaiah teaches us that God's ways are not our ways, neither his thoughts our thoughts, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so is, is God, right? That's paraphrasing Isaiah 50, chapter 55. Well, how do we get to that higher plane? We can't climb there ourselves. God himself, Christ Jesus, descended below all things so that he could raise all things up. And one of the ways in which he does that is through the almost incomprehensible gift of the Holy Ghost. As we are worthy of that gift and as we seek his will, we can be raised to a higher state. We become more like him. We become closer to him. And as those around us are doing that same thing, guess what? We become closer to them. We become more unified with them as we become unified with him. And if you feel like I'm beating a dead horse here or singing the same song, maybe I am. But man, it really feels like the lesson to me to learn from the Doctrine and Covenants, from these early saints, from these pioneers, from these men and women who went before us, is Zion, is unity. It's gathering Israel and building Zion. And, and again, maybe that's all I see because it's such a, this focus in my own studies and in my own life that it, I, you can ask my wife, I, I tend to see that everywhere. Like, what do I always say? Tej, if you're listening, gather Israel, build Zion. That's where our focus should be. And so maybe it's because that's where my focus, I'm trying to have my focus. I'm not going to say like, I'm so great. That's where my focus is. It's where I'm trying to have my focus. So maybe that's why I tend to see this everywhere. But in these sections, that's what I see. In, in the section about the administrative, in section 102, about the councils, why would we do that? It's because the councils are to refine or ruin, not really to ruin, but if you're not going to repent, you need to face this council. And if you're not going to repent for the, in the council and you, your transgression is high enough, we're going to separate you from the group because you will bring disunity until you're ready to repent. And if you're willing and ready to repent, you can be rebaptized and rejoin the fold. But we must protect the unity within. So even in that section, I see that it's unity. So look around you this week and ask yourself how you can add to and not take away from the unity in the church and in Zion. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you being understanding of my situation. I will get back to a more regular cadence, and I, I truly appreciate you all listening. Best of luck in your studies, and I hope to talk to you soon.